How Does She Do It? Episode 3. Welcome to the ride. joining me for this week's episode of How Does She Do It? Uh, this week's Just My Thoughts come, uh, I had some ideas for, I was going to talk about Twitter and it's 100 and extra, it's more than 140 characters and I had all these other things in mind. But after the shooting in Oregon at the at Umqua Community College, I just had to say first that my thoughts and prayers are with the family members of the victims and the alleged shooter, as well as the community and this country. Um, I hate that when these things happen, I'm no longer surprised and I no longer have the type of visceral reaction that someone should to these kinds of tragedies. And that's because these things happen in this country so often. And if you haven't had a chance to see or hear President um, Obama's reaction to the shooting and his comments, he 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 really hit it on the head because it's it's disgusting, really, that this country as developed, so to speak, as we are still have these archaic uh, attitudes towards guns. And I'm not saying that people should not be allowed to own guns, but something has to be done. And I'm not going to go into it too deeply. I just wanted to say that my thoughts and families are with that community. My thoughts and prayers are with this country as we deal with yet another tragedy and the constant the the way that we're exposed to this tragedy the we are desensitized to it as as frequent as it gets covered in social media as often as it's covered on the news we see it in the newspapers we see it we it, it's just it's a lot and we get inundated with it and it can be overwhelming and at the same time it can create a numbing effect and that's just one way that we I guess are trying to protect ourselves by not having a a, a strong reaction every time it's always disgusting it's always upsetting and and yet and still, I'm just it's just the fact that I'm not surprised by it anymore is 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 disturbing, to say the least. So un- that's a, a rather somber note to starting this this week's episode. But I it had to be said. And um, I hope that you all um, are doing what you need to do to take care of yourself, even if that means tuning out from the negative noise and the negative news that's out there. Thank you for joining me for the third episode of How Does She Do It, Um, a podcast dedicated to sharing the successes and struggles that come with being grown. And in each episode, I'll cover different things related to personal development, professional growth and strife, relationships, and the intersection of things that matter to people who are trying to be grown. And I, uh, if you listen to the first two episodes of the podcast. Um, I just turned 30 in May and I find myself having a lot of conversations with people who are um, either 
30 or soon to be 30, graduated, you know, from school or who have been working for some time and who just are always just trying to fi- we're just trying to figure it out. And so just that's all this show is really about is just me telling you different perspectives that I have, lessons that I've learned and hopefully getting some feedback from you all, questions that I can try to answer for you on the show just to share a little bit about my perspective and my experience. So on this episode, before I actually get into what we're going to be talking about today, I want to go over a few different things. The show notes for this episode, which is the third episode, and for all the episodes will be available on the website, which is howdoesshedoit.com. For this episode, it's how does she do it excuse me, how does she do it podcast.com slash three for the first two episodes. It'll be how does she do it podcast.com slash one and slash two. So each episode will be available. The show notes will be available in that way. Just the number episode, the website slash the number of the episode. And if you have any questions, you can email me questions, topic suggestions, or feedback to Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com. Or you can go to the website how does she do it podcast.com slash contact. And that will bring you to a form that will allow you to send me an email directly through the website. Um, so, and I also want to thank everyone for those of you who have subscribed to the podcast, those of you who have left me ratings and reviews in iTunes and who have shared it on Facebook, shared it on other social media. I really, really appreciate it. It's extremely humbling because You know, when you put something out there, you're not sure how well it's going to be received. And for me to be able to see how people so far at least have been enjoying the show, it means a lot to me. So I just want to thank the seven people, I think, who have left me five star ratings in iTunes. And if you're listening to this through your iPhone or the or your Mac computer or your iPad or your iPod, Please feel free to leave me a five-star review in iTunes and a rating, um, a rating rather, and a review, and I will, um, and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're listening, I'm also available on Stitcher if you search for How Does She Do It. I'm on SoundCloud, search for How Does She Do It, and I'm eventually going to start a Facebook page as well. So I am available on all types of devices that you're listening to, and if you are not sure where to find me, send me an email, and I will send you a link, and I will get you... Um, to the appropriate place but chances are if you're listening to this episode then it means you've already found me so what I just said does not make that much sense so let's move on so this week I want to talk about um, switch it to some professional experiences last week I covered on or the last episode I talked about my um, experience related to my TEDx talk that's coming up in just a few short weeks and today I want to talk about some lessons that I've learned um in my professional development so far. And this this topic came to mind because this week I had a good I had a really good week at work. And it wasn't because I didn't get an extra, you know, bonus check which which will always be nice. Um but what happened was I have been a part of a project that actually been the in charge of a project related to uh, some an, analyzing some data. And that doesn't sound very exciting. It's not very fun. But for me, it's been a skill set. It's been something that I've been wanting to gain in the last few years of my of of my of my career. And for me to have this opportunity for this project was a huge deal for me because it required me to do something that was necessary for the team, and it required me to try and and learn new things and to and to exercise a new skill set and to add a new skill set to my um to my toolbox, so to speak, that will help me 
advance, I think, in this particular career direction that I'm currently on, um, which is subject to change. If you know anything about me so far, I've already changed direction kind of 1.5, two times so far. So we'll see how long this, um, we'll see where this, this current path takes me. So with that, um, I want to get into a few lessons that are related to, I think that are valuable no matter where you are in your career. If you're, if this is your first job, if this is your third job, I think that these will resonate with you. And if they do, please let me know. Please send me an email again, uh, Tiffany at how does she do it podcast.com or um, leave a comment in the show notes. The first lesson is remember your value and be able to articulate it. Now, this sounds a lot similar to um, one of the lessons I shared in the first episode, which was know your value and your values. But this one, when I was in my first year of practice, I attended an event with a group of women who were partners in the legal profession at different law firms. And one of the women, she said, she gave this piece of advice that I thought was extremely helpful. She told us to create a document called a running tab. And you're like, what's a running tab? Well, here, a running tab is basically a document that you have saved on your computer. It can be at work or it can be at home that basically covers the things that you have done in your career, whether it be your current job or your big picture of your career total, what you've done so far. What I found is that if you spend, have you ever tried to update your resume after being somewhere for six, seven, eight months and try to think back what you did to what you did when you first started that job and how difficult that is? And so what she talked about when having your your running tab, it's basically a way to make sure that you remember the good things, remember the things that you have done and how you've progressed so far. So I have a running tab and I try to update it every two to three months. I'm a little bit behind right now, but I actually just, I started it. I actually opened it up this week and realized that I hadn't updated it since I changed um, to my new position. But my running tab has a few different sections. It includes um, awards and recognition. It includes um, the any speaking engagements that I've participated in, the activities that I do extracurricular that are kind of volunteer things, um, and skills acquired as well as goals. And what this helps helps me do is that when I'm trying to think about what I bring to the table in my current position, I can look back and say, okay, well, here are the projects that I've actually worked on. Here are the things that I've actually, that I've done. Here are the things that I'd like to do that I still have not done yet. And you can go back and reference this document. You can change it. You can update it. You can, you can use it as little or as, as, uh, as often as you want. But I think the value, what it does is it helps you keep your eye on, it helps you keep focus on what you have contributed, what you can contribute, and so that you don't forget what you've done. Because like I said, if you're at a busy, if you're constantly working on different projects, different projects on a monthly, weekly basis, on a quarterly basis, it's so easy to look up and say, what did I do this year? And not remember. And what you end up doing is you end up not giving yourself credit for the the progress that you've made. You not give, You don't give yourself credit 
for the contributions that you've made. So as you develop in your careers and again in relationships as well, it's really, really important to make sure you can remember your value. And then by putting it down somewhere on paper, you can reference it. So it's not like you just have to pull it out of your own memory, but you can say, oh, you know what? Concretely, I didn't remember that I did this, but I wrote it down a few weeks after I worked on this project and here it is on paper. So I do know how to do X, Y, and Z. I have contributed to a team in this way before and you don't have to rely on your memory and it gives you a really good and concrete place to go to when you're trying to update your resume because again if you've been somewhere for three or four years and you've never updated your resume you've had no need to update your your resume if you don't take constant like stock in what you've done in the value that you've contributed to your work and to your role and to your you know your organization it's very very easy to know to let something slip through the cracks and and not sell yourself um, or to sell yourself short um, in in some ways so I will um, I will kind of give a sample in the show notes of what my of what kind of the the outline of my um, running tab looks like and hopefully you'll be able to create one on your own and I would love to hear if you do something similar or if you uh, have have gotten feedback similar to this or advice similar to to making sure that you remember your value in your in your current role and that you're able to share it and articulate it because you just never know when it's going to be time for for a performance review or when it's going to be time for you to try and renegotiate renegotiate your benefits renegotiate your um, your salary or potentially look for another job. And so, you know, having this document available to you will be really, really valuable. Or having something similar that will allow you to remember your value and articulate it um, will help you uh, be able to concretely do that. This second lesson is something like a golden rule type of lesson, but I think it needs to be said because it is something that I think it's really important to me. And it is treat people the way you want to be treated. When you work in a corporate environment or really anywhere, there are people who are titled differently, right? So you have people who are considered support staff, you have people who are the supervisors, the managers, then you have the people who are in the middle, and you have the in- you have interns, you have a whole different group of people. And there are some people who think that it's appropriate to treat people differently based on whatever those levels or those labels are. I was not raised that way. And I have seen people and heard conversations about colleagues that that have treated people dis- differently and have gotten, you know, as they like to say, dinged for it. And it, it to me, it just, I don't understand why you would feel that you could talk to anyone any kind of way, especially people who are there to ser- to there to help, there to be a part of a team. I like to think of anywhere that I work is everyone has a certain responsibility and they help to make the organization or make the department or make the team run in a certain way, no matter what their title is. And so I don't treat my manager any differently than I treat the our administrative assistants. I don't treat our intern any differently because at they, we are all there to make each other's jobs easier and better and to serve the common purpose, which in our case is, is recruiting. 
but wherever you are. So I say that to say it, it, it's something that I hope doesn't need to be said, but it, I think it's important to mention because I think the the value of t- treating people, treating everyone with the level of respect that people deserve, regardless of title, rank, or um, or or anything else, I think it's it's very important. And sometimes can get lost in in when you're looking to to lost by people who don't I don't think have home training, but that's a whole nother issue. The third lesson I wanted to share is professionalism professionalism should be part of your personal brand. And by now, I'm sure many of us have heard the term brand or branding. And it's not something that's just for companies like Coca-Cola or Apple or um, Nike anymore. It's something that is the Internet has made it something that's very applicable to our individual um, our individual brands. And a brand is basically the way that I see it. A brand is. Your brand is what people experience about you, what they say about you when you're not in the room, what they expect from you when they send you to complete an assignment or to meet a client or to meet with people in different departments. It's basically what it's basically how you carry yourself. And so for me, when I realized that when I was in law school, my grades were not good and so I knew that it was not going to be my 4.0 or my participation on the a prestigious journal that got me jobs. So I decided that it was going to be my reputation, my relationships, and I guess my brand that got me to that got me to places that I wanted to go. And so and at that point, I didn't know that it had a name. I didn't really know what to call it. But that was that was how I carried myself. So the things that when you think about your your professional brand, your personal brand is, you know, ask yourself these questions. Are you appropriate? Can you be trusted, you know, not to put your foot in your mouth when a situation is, you know, calls for you to 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 share your opinion. Do you follow up and do you follow through? Do you dress appropriately for the environment that you're in? Can you interact with people across different levels of your company? Um, are you comfortable in your own skin? All of these things contribute to your your embodiment of professionalism and a part and are a part of your brand and how people perceive you and how people receive you. So think about those things and think about some of the things that you think are really are well known about your personal brand. Things that you that you think when people think about you they associate with you and share them with me. I'd love to hear them. The fourth lesson that I've learned in my career is so far is that you're going to make mistakes and the mistakes that you make probably won't result in you losing your job or ending your career or bringing your company down. Um, and I remember very distinctly a mistake that I made during my first year in practice. And I swore that I was going to get kicked out of the firm that day. And they were going to tell me to pack my bags. I was going to get blacklisted. And they were going to call me all kinds of names. And none of that happened. I got in a little bit of a trouble. But um, and since then, I've made several mistakes, even in starting this job that I have now, I've not done things right all the time. I have left people off of emails that needed to be on emails. I've had to correct names. I've sent people emails that weren't supposed to get the emails. Thankfully, there was no highly confidential information in them. But it was just little things like that, things that 
that worried me, things that I got really nervous about. But the it's the way that when you handle mistakes that determine what the outcome of or the result of those mistakes are going to be. And you can't, you have to avoid overreacting and not, not, not trying to hide the mistake because that's where you get into that's where you get into trouble. If you start to fix the mistake yourself or start to assume that you know how this is going to go, then that's when you start digging yourself into a hole that is just, that you might not end up coming out of. So when you do something, when you make a mistake or when you do something that leaves you with that weird kind of feeling in the pit of your stomach, you should probably don't waste time, waste your own time trying to either fix it or cover it up unless it's something kind of mundane. But if it's appropriate, if it makes sense, find find someone else to kind of run that mistake by. So it doesn't have to be your supervisor or somebody, you know, who's higher up just yet. Say, you know what, here is something that may or may not have happened. What do you think that one should do about this if you don't feel like, you know, kind of giving the details of what you've actually done, make it into a hypothetical. And because you don't want to risk, you know, more damage by elevating a mistake that's not really a big deal. But you also don't want to risk not saying something about something that that needs to be known and needs to be addressed. So make sure that you assess the, the situation and then elevate it to the person that needs to, because you don't want to have made the decision about something that you have no business making a decision about. And then, later somehow this mistake comes back to bite you or your department or your company and somehow messes things up. So don't take it upon yourself. Don't jump to, you know, overreacting right away and writing off the end of your career because you've done something wrong. Because again, chances are that's not going to be the case. But just make sure that you handle it appropriately, that you you bounce the idea or bounce the the what you did or what happened off of someone else so that you're not shouldering the the burden or trying to figure figure everything out on your own when you're in a state of, of almost panic. And um, like I said, I have been in situations where I've been very worried about what the consequences of something that I did were going to be. And at the end, when I look back at it, it's just not, no, that, that I say that and it made me giggle because I'm immature. But when I went back and, and thought about the mistake that I made, it was not a big deal in any, on any level. And it was something that to this day that most people, no one will remember it. I will remember it because it was me who made the mistake, but it's not something that's stuck in anyone's memory. So assess the situation, try not to overreact elevate the the mistake appropriately and offer solutions as best as you can. Don't just go deliver a problem to somebody and drop it on their desk. And that's going to relate to something else that I say later. But if you make a mistake, don't just go in there and be like, I made this mistake. Um, so yeah, try to think about how you can, how the mistake can be corrected or what the potential consequences of mistake of the mistake might be so that you're offering, you're ready to offer help to address it if that's appropriate. The fifth lesson that I've learned in this career journey of mine so far is that working hard is not enough. And I can remember a time, particularly when I was in school, when I was told that it was, you know, if you do your work, you come to class on time, you show up, you do what's asked of you, 
You don't get yourself in any trouble, which I did sometimes, both in high school and college. Um, uh, then you'll be fine. And when you're in school, that's generally true because there's the expectations of you are very clear, and so you know exactly what those expectations are. But when you're in a work environment, when you're trying to establish a career for yourself, the expectations aren't always crystal clear. Yeah, they might come in some form of a evaluation or performance review, and you have these goals and benchmarks and all that kind of stuff, but Generally speaking, just trying to go for what's listed on those forms or listed in your job description, that doesn't cut it when it comes when you're trying to talk about progressing in your career, when you're trying to talk about gaining new skills. Um, you have to go beyond just what's given to you and ask for certain things. You have to be proactive. And, you know, when you work hard, when you show up every day and you do what's asked of you, you'll be fine. But is fine what you're going for? And if that if you are, then that's cool. That, then there's no then there's nothing that you need to do to adjust because you're flying kind of just above or below the radar without making too many waves. But if you're trying to progress, if you're trying to be known for certain things or be the person that people come to for a certain type of skill set or they want your help on certain types of projects, then doing working hard is not going to be enough. You are going to have to step out of your step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Ask for projects that are things that you're not necessarily comfortable with, but they're in a in a, they're going to allow you to gain a skill set that you know you need in order to progress, which is you know what I I started talking about, which is what I was able to do um, with this particular project that I was working on this week, and it's going to be what I'm what what I worked on is going to be used for a larger purpose within the organization, and that makes me feel very good. It puts pressure on me to make sure I produce a good product, but the feedback that I've gotten so far has been very good. And that just shows me and it shows the people that I work for and that I work with that I'm capable of doing more than just what's asked of me. Because when I got the assignment, it wasn't just for me to do the assignment, but I was thinking about how is this going to be, how can I make this most useful for the people who are going to be receiving the information? How can I make sure that I am doing more than what was just asked of me, which was to do some research, but how can I make this presentable? How can I make it useful? How can I make it something that can be adapted and adjusted for things that might change to impact the data that's in the, that's in the, um, in the spreadsheet? So working hard is not enough. Do more, ask for more, and be available to, to take on more than what is, what is initially given to you. And people will take notice of that. The sixth lesson, in this day of email that is available, that pops up on, at least like mine does on my Outlook, the minute I get an email, if I'm not even in Outlook, I see that little pop-up window that fades away and and frightens me sometimes, or I get it on my phone. It's actually use a BlackBerry as much as um, I can't stand this BlackBerry, but the email is accessible there. And sometimes you just need to pick up the phone and... Or go down and talk to someone face to face because we, a lot of things can get lost in email communication. I spend too much time sometimes thinking about how to word things in email, and it has become truly an art form, I think, to being able to craft emails because I've seen emails that just look crazy, they sound crazy, and maybe that it wasn't the intent of the writer or the sender, but it just does it, whatever they were trying to say did not get delivered very well. But you know what? Sometimes the question is too complicated to put into an email. Sometimes the explanation that you want to give is not going to come across the way you want it to in an email form. So just pick up the phone. 
go, you know, call someone and say, hey, can I stop by your office for five minutes because I want to talk to you about what we were just going back and forth in email. And people appreciate that, especially if you're dealing with people who are not in this quote unquote millennial generation that we're operating in. And even people like I'm a millennial, according to my my date of birth, but I some I like phone calls. I like talking to people. I like seeing people and interacting with them in person. Maybe you're not that kind of person and maybe you prefer to, to you know to stay behind the email screen, which is fine, but every once in a while take a take a step back because I think what it does is it allows you to develop a different type of relationship with people. It allows you to practice a skill set that is no matter how digital this world gets, being able to communicate clearly in person and to people is extraordinarily important. Because if you can't verbalize what you're thinking in a professional environment, if you can't articulate the question, the answers to questions that people have, the questions that you might have, your, you know, reasoning for certain things, the reason why you made a certain decision, the the choice that you made related to anything that you're doing at work, you then you're going to put you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. So being able to communicate in person is or on the phone is is still very, very important. That is a professional skill that I think, and maybe it's because I work in the legal profession and, and there are a lot of old school people who like to do things in, in person, but I think that that's something that's valuable anywhere. Sure, quick hop on Gchat if you have, in, you know, the internal, I guess, Microsoft Instant Messenger or Gmail if, you're, if your company uses it. That's great too, but just take a walk and you just get to, to develop relationships with people in a different way. You get to know people in a different way and they get to know you in a different way and that is and that will that can benefit you in ways that you can't really anticipate or quantify in the moment or that you even you know you're it's not necessarily a direct goal but when people can can relate to you and they have a they've developed a relationship with you that is beyond the email communication that you exchange it will go it can go a long way in your professional development this seventh lesson is another is another factor or, I guess, function of living in the digital age. But networking is more than showing up to events, collecting or, and or handing out business cards or contacting people via LinkedIn or Facebook or email. Networking is about fostering relationships in meaningful ways. When I was, I remember being in college and hearing about, oh, network, you have to network, you have to network. And it just sounded like this, it was this this really amorphous, not really tangible thing. And so it was just like, wait, so do I just show up places and just talk to people? And is that enough for networking? And yes, in some instances, that's what networking is. It's meeting people. It's developing connections with people, not necessarily to a specific end. And I think that that's where people get it messed up when they think about networking is that you are only reaching out to someone because you want something from them. And sometimes that's what people do. They only reach out because they need something. They only reach out because they want something from you in that particular moment. But when you're truly networking, when you're truly, you develop relationships with people that don't have a particular goal in mind. And you do that because you never know how that relationship will be able to benefit either one of you in the future. So when you meet someone at an an event, just drop them a line. Hey, it was great to meet you. Maybe if it's if it's someone who's in an industry that you that you're in, or someone who's in a, posi- a position that you're interested in. 
hey, I saw this article, just thought just thought about you, send it along. And, you know, and when you do those kinds of things, when they see you again or when you have a question or when you might need to ask them something related to what they do, you, because you've invested a little bit in that relationship, it doesn't require you to go to above and beyond. But networking is really just about, it's about being genuine. It's about not just looking to do something or to get to know people for the sake of what they can do for you, but it's about building those connections and building those relationships. And I like to think that I, I don't, I'm not as, as, I'm not as proactive about maintaining some of the connections that I have, but I do know when I think about people who I went to law school with. I've since I've made this career direction, I this transition rather, I've been contacted by people that I went to school with. And it doesn't and then that's and that's fine for me because these are people who I know that when if I reached out to them for the same thing or if I reached out to them because I wanted I had a question about where they were working or something like that, it would be reciprocated, but that's because we had a mutual we had a mutual relationship, an existing relationship already. Not one that in, that meant we were calling each other every day or going out for coffee. All the time, but it's just something that there's a, a mutual respect and a mutual um, understanding between people. And so, when you're thinking about networking, don't think about don't think about it in the sense of what can this person do for me, but just think about it as someone else that you have in your in your group, someone else that you're connected to. Because when you pay attention to those connections, that's when you are able to say, "Oh, hey, you know what? I saw this opportunity and I thought about you." Or they can do that same thing. You know what? I know that she's in that Tiffany is in recruiting now. Maybe I can, um, I saw this and I thought about her. And that just comes from being genuine. That comes from being authentic and not operating with an agenda, which I think people mistake networking for. It's operating with you ha- that you have to operate with an agenda in order to get what you want. And that's actually is, is, I think, the exact opposite of what true networking really is. So when you're adding people on LinkedIn, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Or if you do, if you just add people because their, you know, their career or their title sounds interesting to you, then work to develop that. Work to at least have an email exchange with them. Work to set up a phone call to get to know them a little bit. And then and then just and then go about your business and and don't place any expectation on that relationship and then you have done you have done what networking I think is is all about and then in the event that you need something from one of those relationships or those connections that you've made because you've done a little bit more and you've tried to invest genuinely without a goal in mind if you have a goal at some other point then it can become something that you can you can use and you can um, you can cultivate and you can and lean on. And I think that that's what the strength of networking is, not just looking to to gain something, but looking also what you can give to people as well. And I think I've alluded to this eighth lesson a little bit in each of in some of the other um, some of my other comments, but your career development must be deliberate and intentional. And I remember even still now, actually, but thinking, like, how come nobody told us that having a job was this much work? Like, no one, when we were, I don't remember, in all of the classes, I took a lot of classes. I took classes for nine years, full time. So that's at least two, at least three classes a semester. No one told me that having a career was so much work. So, you know, there are very few careers that proceed in a linear lockstep, you know, lockstep direction. So what that means, at least to me, is that you have to be constantly thinking about doing good work, 
developing new skills, learning new, gaining new information and and learning um, your industry, establishing and maintaining relationships, which goes back to networking, challenging yourself and checking in on your current career progress and how your career progress relates to where you hope to be in the next insert time frame here. So it's not about necessarily needing to know where your next direction or your next job is going to be, but it's just about what's actually a mentor told me when I was in, I think I was in, I was still in law school. And he said, you're always preparing for your next job, even when you're not looking for it. And that is the truth, because what I found myself doing, even when I was in my when I was in my last position, and even now, is thinking about what I see other people doing who have advanced, who are above kind of my my level right now, and thinking about well, what do they, what are they doing right now that I need to learn how to do so I could do what they're doing eventually, and that's how I like to think about it. It's not necessarily that you're looking for a job or that you're submitting resumes, but just thinking about the skills that you're gaining, thinking about the progress that you're making. And this ties back into the first point about remembering your value and being able to articulate it and having that running tab so that you can always say, okay, well, you know what? If I want to do X, then I know I'm going to need to gain these skills. How can my current job What can I do in my current role that will allow me to gain that skill set? What kind of project do I need to get put on? Who in the organization do I need to make sure that I'm working with in order to be able to gain those skill sets so that in the event that I'm ready to try and apply for a promotion or trying to apply for another job that has um, that is a higher level than what what I'm currently at, I've been actively working to do those things. So, you know, it's just very easy to to sit and a two you know, a year, two years can go by and you just and you look up and you don't know what you've done. You don't know what you're working towards. And in in my opinion, I think that that's that is not is something that you want to try to avoid if you're looking to progress in your career. If you're good where you are right now, then you don't need to be doing all this active thinking and all that kind of stuff. You can kind of chill out. If you're happy where you are, then that is fine. But if you're looking to make a move, if you're looking to continue to progress, if you're looking to gain more leadership skills, more responsibility, then you have to be paying attention and constantly taking stock of where you are and where you hope to be and what you need to do to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. This ninth lesson um, is... Learn to anticipate needs and develop solutions. I've mentioned a few times about the idea of adding value. And even when I when I talked about if you make a mistake, don't just come with a problem, but offer a solution. Um, you think I like to think of who the people that I work for, the people that I report to as a client. And I was trained as a social worker and a lawyer. So my 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 framework is is trained around client services. What can I do to make sure that I'm delivering something to this client that is going to meet their needs and exceed their expectations, hopefully? What might this client, what might my supervisor be thinking about doing or needing from me that I can I can think, I can anticipate before she even asks me for it? And I'm of course, I don't do this all the time. I'm not saying that I'm the, the perfect employee, but I try to be, I try to be useful. I try to be valuable. And I try to do things in a way that people don't have to ask me for things that 
I know that I'm going to need to do. So I prepare, for example, the um, the offer letter before I get asked to do that because I know that that's something that's coming down that's going to be asked of me. Or I draft an email that I know I'm going to need to send in the next day or so because I know that that someone's going to ask me to do that. And so it's just thinking about little things. Anticipate needs, develop and offer solutions to problems. If there's something that you see is, is going wrong in a process or you see that something is just taking too much time, offer a solution. Think about it on your own time, even though no one has asked you to do that. And when you look up and people and you can say that I shaved and this is going to sound again really nerdy, but when you can shave 15 to 20 minutes off of a process that is something that someone has to do every single day, you are that is a, a huge skill set. That's a huge accomplishment. And so thinking about how to make people's jobs easier is what your job is when you have people when you're reporting to someone. And even when you're a manager, I don't have the privilege of being a manager just yet. But when you have people people who are reporting to you, I imagine that it's important to figure out, um, you know, how can you make their lives easier as well? Just because, you know, they report to you doesn't mean that, you know, um, then that you can't also be looking to make their jobs easier because eventually if their jobs are easier, then that means your job is going to be easier. So think about needs, anticipate needs, offer solutions, offer value. Don't just offer problems. I actually just watched um, the episode of how to this, the second episode of how to get away with murder this season. And she, and Annalise looked at Bonnie and she said, you are always bringing me problems and never any solutions. And that is real. Like that feeling to always be when somebody like comes to see you every time they see you, they always bringing you a problem. That's annoying. And they never have a solution to offer with that problem because like it might be their job to bring you the problem but can they also help you out too so that was pretty real and I'm glad that that actually tied in well with this um so and that you can tell that that's what I spent my um weekend doing was listening was watching catching up on um empire and how to get it get away with murder and I'm not going to talk too much about that but I don't know how much I can deal with empire this season um but if you have thoughts about that feel free to send me an email this 10th and final lesson is not, you know, not number 10 because it's greater or lesser in value, but trust yourself. And this lesson, of course, does not just apply to um, professional relationships or professional environments, but there are times when you, for women, it's called intuition. For men, I'm not sure what they call it. It might just be called your gut feeling, but we all have it. We all have this this. It's this feeling that we get in our gut that tells us when something is is or isn't right. A lot of times that I think for me at least, the feeling has been more pronounced when something is not right for me. But trust that feeling. If you're working in an environment that is not for you or you're involved in a in a project or you're there's something in in a relationship with someone that you have at work that there's a dynamic that just isn't sitting right. Trust that feeling because it will help guide you towards a decision or direction that you need to that you need to go. And maybe it's you maybe the feeling is saying that, you know what, this industry really isn't for me. Maybe it's a feeling that, you know what, maybe there's some beef between me and my manager that I need to figure out how to address. Maybe there's a relationship challenge that you and a team member are having. Maybe you don't want to be working for this organization at all. 
whatever those whatever it is or maybe you know what I really like this maybe th- that maybe the feeling is telling you that you are exactly where you need to be go with that and and dig into that for me like what I try to do if, if I'm having one of those feelings for me I try to pray I try to talk about it I ask questions about it I, I try to write out kind of what my thought process is or where I'm feeling some of this this hesitation about but you don't ignore the feeling that you get trust yourself because there are too many times in relationships and and we'll talk about relationships certainly more in future episodes but there are definitely times where you ignore that feeling and you ignore that your your you ignore yourself you ignore what you know to be true and you end up in a situation longer than you need to be or you end up doing yourself a disservice because you didn't honor your own thoughts and your own feelings about something and you didn't follow the guidance that your own emotions were giving you. So just trust yourself. And I think that wraps up the 10 lessons. I hope I didn't miss a number and I'm out here saying 10 and it's not actually 10. But the lessons that the career lessons that I've learned in the real world as I've been working over the last few years and Uh, Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to leave me a review in Stitcher um, on iTunes. Please send me feedback, questions, or topic suggestions to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com or visit the website HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com slash contact and you can send me an email there. Uh, Please comment on SoundCloud, share on social media, share with a friend via text message or email. I really appreciate your support and... I challenge you this week to articulate your value. I mentioned the running tab in the very beginning, and I want you to try and do that. Try and create a running tab for yourself. Create some categories and write some things down that you've done in the last two to three months in in your job. And if you would, share that with me. I'd love to hear it. And be blessed this week and be a blessing this week. Peace.